2: Even when the K-State women were down 13 points, was there more doubt in the women or the FS1 broadcast? <laughs> <laughs> because, man, was that sloppy Oof. of a broadcast about halfway through the game. I don't even know when it all got fixed. It was so bad, I, I couldn't watch it. Hmm. And I'm so like, well, I got some work to do, so I head back into the station. I'm just listening to the radio call. Uh, well, basically, I listened to the radio call for the third quarter. Then I noticed, got back on FS1. The technical difficulties weren't, you know, they, they looked to be fixed. <laughs> so I returned to the TV broadcast because I really wanted to uh, to watch the team play. And boy, if you doubted that those cats when they were down 13 and the defense wasn't doing its job, they seemed to be lost. There was no help defense. They're getting beat to the paint. They're getting beat to the rim. Shame on you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) 13 down? Come on, how dare you, Fairweather fan.
2: K-State gave up 16 total points in the second half. Unbelievable performance to gut out that victory at number 13, Baylor. 58-55, and the K-State women have now won 13 in a row.
0: I'm always amazed how something so simple as switching to a zone can catch... A team completely off guard, Man. offensively,
3: and did it ever! I mean, it shook yeah. the world for them. Uh, and what a back and forth fourth quarter! Really, just like the very even towards the end of the game, the Cats had multiple times where they could have gave up and didn't, and pulled that one out. I'm so proud. They did a great
2: job. Sands, the superstar, doing a great job. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner alongside Trey Coverdale, David G., and A.J. Shaw wearing his black K-State hat here today, and our phone number is 785-537-1350 if you want to call in and give us some thoughts about the Cats, especially with the win yesterday over number 13, Baylor. Before every season, I always just look at the schedule and start circling wins. I mean, everybody, and I say everybody, I mean, I can speak for myself, I don't know if I can speak for you guys, but... I knew this was going to be a really good team. Sure. And when I mapped this out, I opened up the year with K-State starting 17-3. and Whoa. And I usually over – I'm always usually, you know, I'm a little bit too invested into the cast when I'm trying to pick out the wins, pick out the losses, and I always overshoot it. (laughs) Always outdo it. (laughs) You know, Back in the day when Bruce Weber had a 500 team, I said they're incidentally tournament five seed. <laughs> you know, I said, I, 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 I'm always too uh, – I don't know what the right word is, but I'm always too like – Optimistic. Optimistic, yeah. yeah. yeah there sunny. you go. It's
0: too sunny side up.
2: Not exactly the word I was looking for, but that's a good start <laughs> as to where I was like, okay – This K-State women's basketball team, this is certainly an NCAA tournament team, but you know, you have your Baylors, you have your Texases, and I've been saying as well, like, you know, this is not going to be a top 10 team, like officially in the polls, you may think of them as a top 10 team, they're not going to quite get there until they start beating the Texases and um, and the Baylors, and if you beat Iowa, that gets you in the top 25. Early enough in the year as an unranked team, yeah, that's going to make you a top 25 team. People forget that the Cats beat North Carolina, a top 25 team. Uh, They beat Western Kentucky, who's an NCAA tournament team most likely. I've checked up with them, but when that game played, Western Kentucky was expected to be an NCAA tournament team. And now K-State has four wins in the top 25 when it comes to the net. Um, So you want to talk about already have built a really strong resume for the NCAA tournament. Somebody needs to wake up Charlie Cream and let him know that K-State's not a two-seed right now. Yeah. They're a one-seed. For sure. For the NCAA tournament. And, of of course, if you're a top four, you get to host. So, I even kind of underestimated this team start. I brought up the doubt word earlier (gasps) because of uh, them playing at Baylor. They hadn't won there in 21 years. Baylor's always really good, even – Pass Kim Mulkey into the Nikki Collins era, they're still really good. Kind of a rough start to Big 12 play for them, but I said yesterday I actually like K-State's shots because they Baylor didn't have any oak elite. They did mm. not have the dominant five. So like the KU game, you take away Jackson from KU, and now you have yourself a much better matchup. Mm. K-State should be able to match up. Boy, were they getting beat to the hoop. The, Baylor's post-play... or paint play, passes to the paint, cutters, everything. It was just – and the and ones. I, there were two <sighs> things that I wanted to pull my hair out because it just drove you nuts. K-State giving up the and ones, and they give up a ton. Mm-hmm. And Baylor was missing their free throws in the first half. That kind of allowed K-State to hang around. But then in the third quarter, when K-State's battling back and – they are making it now a three-score game, a two-score game. They're getting to the free throw line. They weren't hitting the free throws. They're missing so many uh. front ends. Is he on the lot? Is he on the line? Okay. 537-1350 is our phone number to call. Let's go to the phone lines right away. Let's talk with Chuck. Oh. I guess he hung up. Never mind. Chuck from Manhattan, why did Baylor build 7,000 seat arena when they have fewer students? Than K-State. Well, I mean, everybody's that's, kind that's of— That's why
0: it's a 7,000-seat yeah, arena and not a 15,000-seat arena.
2: I mean, that's been kind of the—I don't know if you've called it a running joke. It's just what it is when, with the Farrell Center. You know, they weren't filling it up, and everybody—I mean, K-State's been basically taking out seats for, seats for suites, is one way to say it. And capacity's been dropping, and there's just less people going to basketball games. I
0: call this right-sizing. Because for so long, it was always about building bigger, 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 bigger. Yeah. But then you find yourself in the era that we're in now with as much television as everyone gets. And I'm not talking just for the women. I'm talking for the men as well. It's why you see Texas built smaller. They did you know, When you went from the drum to what they've got now, that had fewer seats than what uh, the drum did. So that's a change for them. Baylor going a bit smaller because it's what they can fill up. Mm-hmm. It's it's what the interest is, uh, saw it with Colorado State doing so with their football stadium a number of years back. They built it as 42000 And this is where I always chuckle about the discussion on whether K-State should expand Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Right now, we're in a pretty sweet spot with it being 52000
3: Keep it. Keep it. It looks good. Just like they do with the shelves at the store, the shelves at the store—they always pull stuff forward to make it look full, yes. yeah. facing. Yes, the, yeah. I mean face. At the, like that is the same thing with the stadium. When they're full, they look great. When they're empty, they oh boy, what's going on there?
0: Exactly. It you're never going to have the ability to do what Notre Dame or Michigan can do no. with a hundred thousand seats. No. You're not when you're these these level of schools. There, there's just a different a different approach for those schools. But for the most part, a lot of what is happening in, in sports construction right now is right-sizing because of the fact that there's that recognition that fans aren't coming out to the games as much as they have because it's just as easy to sit at home and watch on an HDTV.
3: Yes.
2: Well, and that, now Foster Pavilion is their new arena, and it's, you know, now it's the the camera bay is way too high it's a bad angle actually i don't mind the angle um it's just not what we're used to i i kind of like it a little bit higher up you're you're more looking down on the action um last time k-state had a home game 9602 baylor hosted 4536 last night for k-state baylor in a top 15 matchup. That was one of the things I wanted to point out. There were a pretty decent number of K-State fans that traveled to that game in Waco. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine it's a lot of those fans <laughs> that had tickets to the game in, in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. The TCU game that got, well, forfeit because of TCU not having enough players to play. So they're like, all right, let's travel a couple of hours down the road to Waco. And let's go watch these cats play in action without a Yokely. K-State is now this season 2-0. and without Lee and one of them is on the road in a place where they hadn't won in 21 years. K-State was not a top-four team in the nation. The last time that happened, 21 years ago. Last time K-State won in Waco, 21 years ago, wow. they both happened yesterday. Wow.
0: You brought up Western Kentucky. Uh, just by looking at net right now, they're at 142, oh, a 12-7 okay. and seven ball club. But then K-State turned around and followed that up by beating a team that is net 30 right now, and that's North Carolina ranked number 20, and then you've got the matchup with Iowa uh, in tournament play, here's the one that will surprise you. Jackson State is a net 99. That actually has played out to be a good win for K-State, as they sit at 7-6. and six. But everybody in the conference, outside of Cincinnati, is inside the top 100. Cincinnati's at 109 mm. in terms of net number.
2: All right, so let's run down the checklist again, real quick. Cats beat number 13 Baylor on the road without Aoka Lee. A lot of people thought couldn't do it. I liked K State's chances. They got it done. K State now has four wins over top 20 teams this year. K State's 13th consecutive victory. They're now 19 1, 8 0 in the Big 12. That's the best start ever in program history. K-State is 8-0 in Big 12 play. Best start in Big 12 play ever. Cats hold Baylor to 16 points in the second half. Bears shoot 21% from three-point range. And by the way, the K-State men, 4-1, top of the Big 12. K-State football finished in the top 25. I know people have been, you know, posting this earlier today and how good it is as a Wildcat right now. K-State baseball is preseason ranked in the top 25. A.J., Things are pretty good right now as a Wildcat. Let's celebrate. It's time to get set for the Cat
0: Attack.
1: You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on.
3: For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be with Kansas State. Come on, set. Kansas
1: State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join us.
2: That attack was more than appropriate uh, for this moment. We should have probably played it Monday, probably should have played it last week with K-State beating Texas. They beat Kansas now, and now went over Baylor, and 8-0 and starting Big 12 play is absolutely incredible. And by the way, they moved up in the coaches' poll. Now number two Ooh. in the nation, which is right. I, I think that is right because Carolina, uh, South Carolina, it's undefeated. The only team ahead, K-State and South Carolina, the only two teams right now uh, in the top 15 with undefeated records on the road. Cats have only lost one game. They definitely have the second-best record in women's college basketball. And I, I don't think you can really debate it right now because of how many wins K-State has against top 20 opponents right now, which is four. By the way, last night also, uh, Jeff Mitty's 1,000th career game he coached in. Wow. So a milestone for Jeff Mitty last night. Just happened to be at Baylor where it's very hard to win. Taking care of business on 1,000.
0: Busy man. He's got his own show tonight Mm -hmm. coming up here on Mm K-Man.
2: Well, and tomorrow, um, hope to be speaking with Jeff Mitty. And also hoping to speak tomorrow with somebody that might be turning into a star all of a sudden. And I want to break more down about this K-State win over Baylor and who that star happens to be and maybe now are going to be in the starting lineup, in place for Aoka Lee. That's coming up next on The Game.
1: I'm A.J. Shaw with a sports update from News Radio KMAN as the game continues. 4th Kansas State had its highest ranking in 21 years and needed all of Eliza Moppet. Gabby Gregory and Serena Sundell 16 points apiece as the Wildcats extended their winning streak to 13 games with a 58-55 victory Monday night over number 13 Baylor, which was held to only 16 points in the second half after K-State switched to his own defense. Baylor now 15 and 3 and 4 and 3 in Big 12 play attempted two three-pointers in the final 6 seconds that would have tied the game. The Wildcats, now 19-1 and 8-0 in Big Big 12 play, moved up three spots in the new Associated Press poll earlier Monday for its highest ranking since 2003. And earlier today, jumped up to number two in the coaches poll, their highest ranking since the fourth week of the 2002-03 season. Plagued by early turnovers, they trailed by 13 before halftime. Sundell's layup with 327 left put Kansas State ahead to stay. The Cats improve its overall record to 19 and 1 for the first time in program history and are 8-0 in Big 12 play for the first time since the formation of the league in 96-97. Now back to the game with Mitch Fortner, Dave G and Troy Coverdale on news radio, KMAN.
2: Game continues on KMAN, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G and AJ Shaw number is 537-1350. Number to call if you want to call in and chime in about the Cats. K-State gets it done. The women do against number 13, Baylor on the road, fifty eight
3: fifty five. I have a question. Go ahead. Besides AJ, because I already know what he was doing, 96, um, or 90, would be 97. January 97, where were you? January, uh, AJ wasn't even born, so that's sad. January
2: ninety seven. I would have me feel so old. I would have been w- in kindergarten. I w- I wasn't even married yet.
0: We were dating.
3: Whoa! You guys are sharing shakes and malts down at the. <laughs> I was about to ask, <laughs> what diner. was it like dating in the nineties? <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, it sounds like a song, right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching Friends. Oh boy. we were, yeah hanging. I was in. Uh, I was up the road at Eisenhower Middle School as an eagle God. with uh, your cousin. Just living the oh, dream. You guys are eagles, oh, huh? We're eagles we were all, I was on the green team, and uh, yeah, that was a long. I mean, really puts in – You know, because I, I hear dates and stuff, and you do you understand a long time, but then you remember where you were at that time, and if it's something like that, ninety six, ninety seven was eons ago. It might as well be seventy seven, really. I mean, that's forever ago. It's crazy. It's crazy.
2: Well, the last time the K State women beat Baylor was in 2003 and back then I was in seventh grade uh-huh and of course the cats in football won a big 12 championship um and women's basketball was just it was pretty much on top other than football was on top. I'll tell you where k State 96
3: 97 um that team okay so the 2003 team featured a whole bunch of great basketball players but one of them being Kendra Wecker mm-hmm. in 97. She got the she won the punt pass and kick competition for the state of Kansas. Well, there you go. And she got to go like we had a we had a guy that I went to, I was in middle school with, he was in eighth grade, and he was shaving in eighth grade. And he did punt, pass, and kick. I'm like, there's no way anyone's gonna beat him. He's gonna destroy everyone. And he comes back the next day or that next week, and we're like, how'd it go? You know, you obviously won, right? And he's like, No, I lost. Right, like, what? Who beat you? He's like, a, a girl beat me. Like, what?
2: A girl?
3: <laughs> and it was Kendra Wecker. She was amazing, man. Her June, no,
0: her sophomore year, leading Marysville, coming up to play in the Hiawatha Invitational. It wasn't even a competitive tournament. I mean, they, they tore through the tournament and didn't play in that tournament For the next two years, because they were looking for better competition (laughs) at that point,
3: they're like, "We don't need this." It
0: was (laughs) it was just too too dominating. It was.
2: I mean, well, I mean, we had Nicole Oldie at the same time at Clay Center, and I mean, talk about a show every day. Oh yeah, Yeah. Nicole Oldie
3: could hoop. She could hoop, and 2003. Not trying to be weird, uh, she could dance too. They would go. Those gals would hit the clubs. They'd hit Joe's (laughs) Tavern. I was a bouncer at Joe's, which is now Tubby's. But uh, those guys would hit the dance floor, and they would dance. I mean, they would crush out there. And people would be coming up trying to dance with them. And they're like, nah, 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 <laughs> nah, nah. nah, nah. Yeah. But Nicole D, man, she could play Player only
2: meeting. For yeah.
3: sure. For sure. That girl, ba- uh, back to the basket or facing up, dude, you didn't want to see her, boy. She was bad.
2: Plenty of dancing and and last, and I'm not even, he can't even call it locker rooms. They're just uh, temporary (laughs) rooms because they don't have them built yet, I guess, at Foster Pavilion. What
3: would you call that, a conference area? Well, it reminds
2: (laughs) me of when, before Boozer was built here. Uh So soccer, they would just get dressed in Bramlage and walk over, and then there were tents set up for halftime. Whoa. Or, like, before the game. Dude, that's yeah. wild. So, I mean, I've seen it here in Manhattan, not having the locker rooms ready for competition quite yet. <laughs> um, but, boy, afterwards, what a celebration. I mean, I, when Casey was making that comeback, it reminds me of the comeback at Iowa earlier this year. I'm like fist pumping every time something <laughs> yeah. well took place. I'm going nuts in the office. What a game, 58-55, Cats improved at 19-1, 8-0 in Big 12 play. They are legit the number 2 team of the nation. They are legit, and even more so, I mean, talk about taking a big step forward without Aoka Lee, not having your All-American center, the cornerstone of your program, and I dare say the best – I mean, we'll see how her career ends up now that she's had just so many, you know, injury interruptions, but there's no doubt about it. She's at least top four. Best basketball players in K-State women's basketball history. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. Brittany Chambers, Kim, Kendra Wecker, and Nicole Oldie, And then it's Aoka Lee. Dang. And, uh, you know, Pantheon. it's a blindly ranked four at someday. Blindly ranked four, and some you know someday we'll get to that. Oh,
3: God.
2: Uh, so s- some things obviously stand out to me about this win. First of all, K-State was down at half 39-30. They were down 13 at the most, but started to call back a little bit. Okay, at least they're in it defense takes over in the second half switching to that 122 two zone. Baylor didn't have as many answers as they thought they would, especially after the first half of them being just in complete control. K-State turned the tide with that defense. 122 two zone and Baylor all of a sudden wasn't able to score the basketball. Mm-hmm. They had exactly 8 points in the third quarter, 8 points in the fourth quarter. I I talking about K-State's winning streak what i love sharing more than about the winning streak is that in all 13 games including the win over baylor they've hold held each opponent to under 60 points and two of the last three games that they've played are against top 20 scoring teams in the nation yeah i mean they held texas to 30 points under their season average baylor last night was averaging about 81, 82 points a game, and they were held to 55. I've said it many times, and I'm running out of ways to tell you, K-State women's basketball has the best defense in the nation. Mm. They are the best at playing defense. And here are the numbers to back it up. Three-point field goal percentage defense is now first in the nation at 21.6%. They're second best in the country in field goal percentage defense. They're 6th in the nation in block shots. They're 4th in the nation in scoring defense. They're 14th in the nation in defensive rebounds per game. This team, you will not find a better team in the nation, in my opinion, that plays better defense than K-State. And once again, was a major key in K-State winning against a top 25 team. A couple more things. Serena Sundell has been phenomenal these last two games, where she's averaged almost 16 points, five and a half rebounds, exactly five assists, three and a half steals, and two blocks per game in these last two games. That gal is, is, is stepping up as a point guard. That is the leadership you want out of a point guard now that she's an upperclassman. She even rolled her ankle again. And that gal has had the worst luck with ankles in her career. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it acts up again. She comes into the second half. She wants to take over the game. And she was going to lead the team to that taking over and winning in Waco. Serena, 15 points against KU, 16 against Baylor. She's doing everything right now. And then last night, we've seen this now in back-to-back games, where a bench player has tied for the lead score. It was Zy Walker against KU. And last night, Eliza Maupin. I said when Yoki went down with her injury that it was time for those bigs to step up. Now, this is your time to shine. Gisela Sanchez, Amani Lester, Heavenly Greer, and Eliza Maupin. Who was going to emerge out of that group as the top player that can take over that role and run with it? Eliza Maupin, the last two games, has been that answer. It's been Gisela Sanchez starting the last two games at the five. She's ran into very early foul trouble. Just haven't been able to get her going. She hasn't found her shot yet. I felt like she got pushed around too much on the defensive side, trying to go one-on-one with Baylor's big. It, it wasn't quite working out. It wasn't working out quite yet with Gisela Sanchez. I'm, she's not really a five. She just really isn't a five. That's not really her role. And I don't even know necessarily it is the role of Eliza Moppin. But you want to have the best five on the floor. Well, to me, Eliza Maupin has proven the last two games that she can be that kind of player. Last night, touted career-high 16 points, a season-high nine rebounds off the bench. You know, before the last two games, she played in 13 games and was only averaging six minutes a game. Two points a contest. And over the last two games, 24 total points, 14 total rebounds, and she's been perfect from the floor nine of nine she had six double figure games last year I like people notice as much just because that team struggled they weren't as good as they are this year but eliza is she's so athletic she might be the most athletic player on the team she she jumps high she's aggressive she'll block shots and by the way she has range she knocked down a three last night. That was awesome. Yep. So she can stretch the floor. I mean, she, you, you now, she is on the scouting report as a very respected basketball player for K State. And we know that this team has depth. Eliza made it a lot better. And now I feel much better about K State moving forward without Aoka Lee because Eliza last two games has been stepping into those shoes and playing very well. So. I'm feeling better. K-State's depth just grew. It's no more six minutes a game for Eliza Mop. And her role has completely changed. And I think she should be in the starting lineup moving forward. Mm
3: -hmm. Is that what you – I mean – Listening to the press conference, is do you think going forward they're going to do that, where she'll be in the starting line? I didn't hear the press conference oh, okay, last okay, okay, night.
2: Okay, okay. I don't know if Mitty said anything about that, and I'm sure I I, I, I think that's got to be the answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has just played so well the last couple of games. Um, she's now a go-to player when they want a spark bucket. I mean, the last two games we've seen alley-oops to her. No, not dunks, obviously. Sure. She lays it in. But they're lobbing it to her, and she's athletically – so talented and gifted that she'll fly to the hoop and she'll beat anybody mm-hmm. to get to that hoop. And her long arms, her long legs, just has the length. 6'3 mm-hmm. player. She's a sophomore, so still a young player. You know, I kind of feel like, I don't know if star is the right way to put it, but she's extremely popular now. Her stock, the, the, the fan base knowing her name and becoming a more recognized player – has skyrocketed, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Over the last two games, has completely taken off. Yeah. And what perfect timing! Mm-hmm. Absolutely, what was needed. Eliza Maupin is filling in right now in very key spots.
3: Yeah, I I I, I like you. I couldn't watch it. I I, I have a hard time with.
2: Well, um, yeah. I mean,
0: it was FS1 tech. <laughs> oh wait, I'm sorry. Can't do
3: it. it uh, so I <laughs> turned it off, and I listened to it, and uh, I'm really glad I did. Brian Smoller did such a great job, and he mentioned her name over under probably 6,000 times. <laughs> I mean, she was all over the place, and I think that maybe she can't um, – obviously, it's difficult – not she can't do it, but it would be difficult to match the, uh, the scoring that Aoka Lee brings. But as far as versatility and what she's able to do and how she's able to make another team go – how do we guard this person i think brings a whole new dimension to the catch team itself and they're able to embrace the things like throwing alley-oops to her and stuff that's the coolest thing i've ever heard and i I've, I've i've been told she can dunk that's crazy man they that's shared crazy.
0: today uh on the on the uh women's basketball account video of her doing the leaping test where you've got the basically the uh uh, slides.
3: Yeah, like the dr- the,
0: the slap drop test. Line. Yeah, yeah, the slap test, and she was well over the rim.
2: Wow. Well, and it's the type. If you've seen in women's basketball anybody dunk, it's never like a two handed jam. It's like sure. run to the hoop. You go up with one hand and you dunk with one hand. She ha- from what I've been told, she has it down up until like it's just not consistent up until she's actually to the hoop and trying to dunk it. Sure, where it's a control thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, um, but she can do it, which is really cool. It's like, it's, I, that's
3: where, you know, I, I was really like, should I turn this on? Because it sounded like this person was just <laughs> flying around the court. I couldn't. <laughs> I, I was like, I, Brian Soler's a respected guy in the game. I know. But the way he was describing it, I was like, this person is just flying around on the court and like I said, it's just so that's such a a new versatile kind of situation going on for that team. At the right, you're right, at the right time. You missed Aoka Lee. It could have crumbled. You, last night could have been really bad. It could have stayed the way the first half went, and it would have been a demoralizing defeat. Man couldn't do it. This is a pretty rough first half. Right. Ton of turnovers. Bad. Yeah. They switch up the defense. Bring in this person, you go, Holy moly, what's going on here? And look at you now. You're number two in the coaches' poll. It's amazing.
2: Well, and you could watch them. I mean, they just, in that first half, they were lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're lost on, you know, they're turning it over on the offensive end, defensive end. They're lost, no help defense, two relying on one on one, and they couldn't stop the bigs of, you know, I call them bigs. I mean, just the, the forwards for Baylor were scoring, it seems like, at will. Um, so adjustments had to be made, and, and shout out to the coaching staff for figuring that out and and making those needed adjustments, and K-State's defense really took over, and Eliza Moffin was a very key part, not only on defense, but also scoring 16 points last night. Crazy. Also need to shout out Gabby Gregory, because Gabby really struggled against KU, did not hit a field goal um, against KU. She was 0 of 8, and last night Gabby really stepped up 16 points, 6 of 11 from the field. Four rebounds, four assists as well. Ooh. That's and she hit three threes. That's the Gabby we've known is there. Uh and she's had a, you know a, a bit of a down year compared to last year. Obviously the workload isn't as much. I like that she's starting to post up again. Uh because man, can she put a body on somebody? And she made a great move and got an and one in that fourth quarter. Um and boy, I when Gabby's on. This team is fun. It's really fun when she's hitting those shots. But, again, um, can't say enough about this win last night for K-State. They get it done over Baylor, 58-55, uh, for their 13th consecutive victory. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's Tuesday. We're going to crown a jabroni of the week when we come back. And
3: shut your mouth, you jabroni! You jabronis hit the jackpot! The Hollywood brand, jabroni, Hulk Hogan, Al, is this jabroni's name?
0: Jabroni of the Week. This date, 1984. Hulk Hogan beat the Iron Sheik for the title.
3: And thus begins the story of Sheik versus Hogan.
2: Hogan. Uh-huh. It showed up and, in the timeline today. And, you know, who came up with the word Jabroni? The Iron Sheik. The yeah. mm-hmm. And who did he always call a Jabroni? Hulk Hogan. That no good Jabroni Hulk Hogan. Oof. <laughs> there's another word in there that I'm not sure I'm allowed to say. Today, uh, probably not. No.
3: Today is a historic day for many different reasons.
0: Uh, it just it just stuck out for that reason though.
3: All them together because it was
0: in the in the uh, timeline today. By the Falling way, the, the
2: Royal Rumble Saturday and there's a teaser. Hulk Hogan will be in the Rumble. Wow. And he is 70 years old. Yeah.
3: Are they going to throw him out, or are they going to like? Carefully, like lift him out of the well, ring. Well, you
2: know, he's Hulk Hogan. It'll, it'll take the whole roster to get him out of the ring. And...
3: <laughs> wow. They just won't, like, I don't remember being a little kid and having the WWE, like, like have old guys. In, like, if they did, they weren't in the ring fighting, you know. But the, this era, they always be, like Stone Cold, they brought him back. That looked terrible. It was horrible. I didn't think it was that bad. When he tried to do the stunner, and it was all—oh, like, on oh, v- that's uh, Vin- that's
2: all Vince though. That's v-
3: weird. Vince. That's weird. And I don't want to bash. Seventy-seven like, years old trying I lo- to take a stunner. I mean, I love Stone Cold Steve. But like that's my guy. That's my Michael Jordan.
2: You know. And I like when I saw that, I was like, dude, stop. That was all Vince. Yeah. Hey, they they say the first stunner to Vince was the worst. The last one was probably the worst. I actually loved the first one ever in the Garden. Yeah. Uh, All right, Jabroni of the Week. Three dishonorable mentions will culminate with my Jabroni of the Week. My first dishonorable mention is going to go to uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles. Interesting finish to the end. It really left me questioning, what the heck are we doing? (laughs) So, the Lions are in field goal range. They're up eight. It's third down. Lions take a knee. The Bucs still had a timeout left. They could have... Taking a timeout, forced the Lions to kick a forty five yard field goal, and kick is missed. Well, the Bucks have what roughly 40 seconds to see what they can do. They'll take over at what the 30, uh let's see, what have been the 30 or 27 yard line or something like that? Yeah. No, that's not right. Uh, 37 yards.
3: 37.
2: Yard. 37. Dude. No, that's not right either. I'm getting anyway. Yeah. Anyway, they get the ball, whatever. And uh, they decide not to take the timeout. I didn't like that call. No, and he was like, the game's over. Yeah. Was like, no, that, it that's, wasn't.
0: That's
3: the one that gets you is that the game was over. When he said that, I was like, dude, it literally wasn't. <laughs> okay, if there's one second left, I guess I could
2: see that. But Todd Bowles, man, what an odd... What an odd choice of words. Figured out the twenty-eight yarder, twenty-eight yard line. is the where they would have taken over. I mean, give it a shot. I mean, it's the playoffs. What? But no, after the game, he said, "Oh, the game, the game was over." You know? yeah. It's like, I w- if I was a Buck Bucks fan, I would be furious weird. with that dumb done call here. <laughs> uh, my next dishonorable we'll mention is going to go to uh, Texas basketball coach Rodney Terry. Hey, Last sh- week lost to UCF. UCF after the game, like right as the game goes final, buzzer sounds. Horns down to everybody in the crowd. Roddy Terry, in the handshake line, is like yelling at every UCF player that that's classless. Don't do that. That's classless. A couple of thoughts. One, if Texas wasn't on this recent bad run other than they just beat Baylor at the buzzer, but they lost a handful of games, would he be that fired up about that? No. Two, you're not the coach. You're, you're not – Johnny Dawkins, right? You're cool. You are you are very close with Johnny Dawkins. Why don't you talk to him about it, and then he can relay the message. Right. Who are you to shout out shout at somebody else's players? Uh-huh. It's weird, and it's also
3: not a great look for him because he was talking about like we don't jump around like we won the national. Well, League. that's another oh, thing. Okay, yeah. okay, good. sorry, sorry. Yeah, because.
2: Yes, he said that after the UCF game because, you know, Texas is full of class. Sure. So when they win a big game or it's a buzzer beat or whatever, they're not jumping up and down and going nuts. It's all class. Well, after they won at the buzzer with Hunter Mm -hmm. in that layup that that he hung in the air and got the runner to go, who's jumping up and down is Rodney Terry. (gasps) He has become – Well, maybe not going this far, but it's kind of reminding me of the whole Scott Frost Nebraska hoodie thing. Oof. Oof. The
3: internet is undefeated on stuff like that, man. You can't do it.
0: I questioned when they hired him full time. You and I talked about this last week. A guy who couldn't manage as head coach at UTEP, as the top guy at UT, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Never did.
2: Well, I mean, that was basically the fans pick. Uh Uh-huh. There's no way Texas fans were going to let it slide, Rodney Terry not being the next head coach. They should have let it after slide. After Beard left. They should have let it slide. That was a bad call. My last dishonorable mention is going to go to Iowa's Caitlin Clark. I think everybody's seen this. I watched it live. <laughs> uh, when, first of all, I mean, talk about another comeback. Ohio State, who is a top 25 team. Was down double digits in the fourth quarter to Iowa. They stormed back for us overtime and then they win it in overtime. A rare court storming in women's college basketball. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The Buckeyes yeah. stormed the court. Caitlin Clark is jogging off the floor, kind of, I would say, like a 75% pace, maybe a little bit slower than that. And she smacks right into a guy fan who had the phone out. They're running towards the center of the court. I think Caitlin Clark flopped.
3: Me too. Me too. Yeah, the hard it was, flop was not a good look. Oh, and then tried to say that person tried to do something. And it's like when you watch the video, it's obvious it's just the world's greatest timing. <laughs> I mean, like, couldn't have been better. I love watching the person too at the after they get up, they kind of run around, and no one knows, like, no <laughs> one has seen this happen. So they're just well, the kind of Iowa run player around. assault, they're
2: definitely the Iowa the player play for sure. The way I c- I watched this from different angles multiple yeah. times. To me, Caitlyn ran into the back fan. Back to
0: the left. Back <laughs> into the
2: left. I don't get it. JFK? Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, you got to see JFK. It's great. Okay. Movie. Great movie. Uh, no, I've not seen that. But the fan just gets right back up and kind of looks around like, yeah. oh. Yeah, what hit me? Caitlyn was down for the count.
3: <laughs> She's like, what happened? You ran into Caitlyn Clark.
2: <laughs> oh, that was her? Yeah. My jabroni of the week is going to go to the Buffalo Bills. Oof. Uh Boy, a lot happened in that game. First of all, Tyler Bass missing that 44-yard field goal um, with under two minutes to go. Chiefs win the game. At, and now Buffalo's lost three of the last four playoff games to the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. This just happened to be the first time in Buffalo. At the end of the game, Buffalo fans were throwing snowballs at Patrick Mahomes. Here's a real kicker. Here's a real jabroni move. According to Donovan Smith, who's an offensive tackle for the Chiefs, he says after the game, the Buffalo Bills turned off the hot water to the <laughs> locker room. But my favorite moment from that game was afterwards, you may have seen it on social media, where there was a Bills fan just kind of sitting alone in a bar head down on the bar, beer in hand, and Taylor Swift music playing in the background. (laughs) Cowboys fans have had it pretty hard, but so have the Buffalo Bills
0: fans the last four years. It's one of the wonderful things about having touch tunes. If you know where the bar
3: is, (laughs) you can
0: load up the jukebox by remote
2: and just slam them with Taylor Swift songs. All right, we got to take our last break of the hour. When we come back, we'll finish our one next on the game the main frisbee golf club at Cornell. The game. This oh. is madness. News Radio KMAN. Uh, the WWE is going to make ten billion dollars over the next five years by selling the rights to Netflix.
3: Oh my this, god!
2: The, I mean, this is something to pay attention to. So you have what now? Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. Uh huh. With. I mean, WWE moving to Netflix,
0: and so it begins.
3: And then all that stuff
2: that just got bought up with uh,
3: Amazon as a minor uh, shareholder. Oh boy!
2: All right, we got to get out. Hour two of the game coming up next.